Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker. And listen with a sparkle in your eyes. As though you might be thinking, Gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Straight out of the burbs of L.A., this is So I Married a Movie Geek. What's up, guys? This is So I Married a Movie Geek. Welcome to the show. I'm Chrissy McQueen, co-host of this podcast here with Justin Winters. If you've never listened to us before, we are a married couple who likes to watch movies because Justin has seen pretty much everything and I've seen, well, now I've seen more, but it used to be next to nothing. Now I've seen like next to next to next to nothing. Although, like our... our our count is up, like the number of total movies. Have you ever noticed that? It just seems it's like three hundred, over 300. That we've seen. Yes. That's what I'm saying. So like I used to have seen next to nothing, but now it's like next to next to next to nothing. Here, I'm looking it up right here. We have a list on Letterboxd, if anyone's ever uh, on Letterboxd. And on this list, which we have every single movie we've ever talked about on the show, there's 349 films. That's a lot of movies. What? That's a lot of hours. What does Flavor Flav say? Flavor Flav. No, what, what else does he say? He's got another saying or something. No, he just wears a clock. Yeah, but he other than saying his name, he's got something he say. <laughs> God, gosh darn it. I'll figure it out. No, he says Flavor Flav. Yeah, but he has other things. Whatever. I don't think he does. It's a very interesting conversation to start off the show. <laughs> yeah, boy. Hey, guys. Hello. Word. I mean, right before we started, we were talking about um, nasal drainage when you got a cold. It was sexy. It was hot. I was like, oh, here we are having this conversation. Can't wait. Guys, I mean, you can't keep that stuff in literally like with the drainage and figuratively like your emotions about it because it can get stuck up there. It's just a sad time altogether. Sounds like you need some Claritin. I need some Claritin. You know what's also sad, Chrissy? And I just what? realized this. Speaking of 349 films we've done total for this podcast. Okay. How many of those films do you think we've done on this couch? Oh, um, just the movies or the recording of the subsequent podcast? Uh, let's say movies because we 349 movies have been done. Okay. I'm going to guess that... Let's see. I don't know this number officially. Hours. This is just a guess. Probably close to like 400 of them. But there's only 349 films. No, 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 no. Movies. Uh, not movies. Uh, hours. You said hours. How many hours did we spend on this couch? Oh. How many films do you think we talked about on this couch? Out of mm. those 349. 286. So this is a long way to get to the point. Uh, this is our last <laughs> podcast on this couch. I know. We're, we're finally upgrading. Couch. <laughs> I think on the last podcast, we were talking about how we were looking for couches. Yes. Um, since then, Chrissy has been back to the, the place where we found a couch Living that we might spaces. like. Living spaces. Living spaces. Give us some money <laughs> for our podcast. Um, and she found a couch and we got it. It's amazing. So it's arriving in like four days. Yeah, we have to get rid of this one though. That's a, that's a harder thing than we anticipated, by the way. There's going to be like uh, that. I will remember you. The song. Because this couch is just like, it's, just, it's special. The more I talk about it and look <laughs> at it right now as we talk about it. You're I'm getting like, sentimental about it, aren't oh, you? Two dogs, two kids. Uh-huh. Lots of, Lots of sleeping piss, on the couch. <laughs> puke, poop. Gross. All of it's been on this couch. Yummy. That's why it's junk. <laughs> I know. And you know what's funny? For being junk, like it's not in the worst condition. Like you would think that it would just be like super bad, but it wasn't that. I mean, it's not like the worst. Again, try again. Two kids, two dogs. Yeah. Like you, you run the gamut here. This this couch has been through it. So true. R.I.P. This couch. Womp womp. You've been awesome. It's been real. So other than a new couch coming, which is very sentimental, um, yeah, it's been a crazy busy weekend. 
My it's always really crazy. My daytime this, job. Uh, got a big day tomorrow with yeah, my new show. That's I don't really, exciting. Really talk about it that much because I don't like to cross the streams, as the Ghostbusters say. It's dumb. You should uh, talk about it. But yeah, I've been working on a new show with Vivica A. Fox mm-hmm. called Face the Truth. Yep. Uh, it's on different stations everywhere. Check your local listings. But tomorrow when the show drops is uh, my first episode. And it's already causing a little controversy online. So I think if you Google Face the Truth, you'll figure it out real quickly. <laughs> so that should be interesting. And that's exciting. And uh not as exciting as sitting with you on our last uh, episode on this couch, Chrissy, to talk two films that we managed to watch, which is a feat in itself. We made it happen. On behalf of the couch, I am flattered. <laughs> on behalf of the couch, you're flattered? Yes. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, all right. Well, luckily, they weren't 80s movies, Chris. I know. Uh, before you knew what the movies were, I'm like, hey, how about some 90s movies? Headed by some badass ladies. I was on board. You were on board. Instantly. Okay. Well, we haven't talked about... We've barely talked about either of these two movies. One, we uh, didn't even watch half of it together. So, let's start with the first one. You, okay. re- you ready? Yes. Okay. From 1996, it's called The Long Kiss Goodnight. A small-time detective, an amnesia victim with a dangerous past. You're an assassin working for the United States government. Now, the biggest case of his career could be the biggest mistake of his life. When we first met, you were all like, oh, fooey, I burned the darn muffins. Now, you go into a bar, sailors come running out. What up with that? Gina Davis. Honk, if there's any trouble. Samuel L. Jackson. Yes, Miss Daisy, I be honking. The Long Kiss of Night. Rated R. All right, IMDb. It says, a woman suffering from amnesia begins to recover her memories after trouble from her past finds her again this is directed by rennie harlan written by shane black who's got a new movie in theaters the predator out now stars mostly gina davis and samuel jackson there's a couple other people as well chrissy mm-hmm. it's been on the list for a long time i'm glad to do it now i just wanted to watch it again because it's been a while what do you think of the long kiss goodnight you know what's funny is that Back in the 90s, if you really think back about women in film, they weren't doing a ton of the ass kicking. And and if they were, they were, you know, Lara Croft and they were doing it with their boobs out and, you know, really for gratification of dudes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I got to say, it was kind of refreshing to see somebody like Gina Davis, who is like, I don't know what, 6'2"? She's... Statuesque. She's very tall. She's yeah. She's and don't tall. get me wrong, she's a beautiful woman. But this was definitely not a movie about like, look at this girl get dressed in some sort of bandaged latex and like kick dudes' asses for, you know, their I don't know, their entertainment. She chops off all of her own hair. She's doing this to save her daughter at the end. Like, it's definitely uh for the nineties especially, a pretty feminist movie. And for those reasons, I enjoyed it. What? What? Did you think I was going to say I hated it? I never know. You never know. I never know. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes, like I said, I don't even know if you're awake uh, for some of the movies. So It gets really, really hard when we turn on a movie, I'm not going to lie to you, at 9.30 at night. So... One of the movies I can't remember which one now. I was like, I'm gonna sit up straight the whole time because I'm so tired. I'm gonna fall asleep if I if I lean back. And you were like, you look really uncomfortable. I'm like, I I am really uncomfortable. And I literally started falling up asleep, sitting up straight, like on the edge. I'm just like asleep, sitting up. And I was like, this is bad. Oh, man, it's gotten so good that every time I'm like, hey, you ready to watch a movie? Your response is always like, uh, what you call it in. Was it uh, f- not forty year old virgin uh, Paul Rudd and w- what's her name? That everybody Leslie Mann. Yeah, when he's like, "Hey, yeah. want to have sex?" What does she say? I'm constipated. No, she goes. Why do you want to? <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Well, Are not now." <laughs> oh man. Well, the thing too is, I always tell you, I'm like, "Turn it on, turn it on," even while I'm like still like walking around the house and doing stuff, and you're like, "No, I want you to sit down and watch it." <laughs> But sitting down for me is deadly. Like, it's actually better to let me kind of walk around and do things. 
that's the Sophie's choice. Either Chrissy walks around and doesn't look at the TV, or once she starts looking at the TV, she instantly falls asleep. You know, we've talked about this before, but I know I'm not alone. I've asked, I've pulled, oh I've pulled so other moms, and I'm telling this. you, it's true. You sit us down, this, and we're gonna pass. This out. conversation is the long kiss goodnight. Yes. Just like slowly, I'm falling asleep thinking about it. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. That's good. <laughs> Yay. Um. I think I, I love this movie. I've really? always loved this movie. Why well, love? Because I like this movie, but like is very different from love. Uh, I I understand if you didn't like grow this. This came out in '96. Yes. So just like '97 with you, Titanic, it just came out at the right time. Me as a 16 year old, I like kinds of movies like this. I have this thing for Gina Davis, you know, from The Fly, uh, Earth Girls that are easy. She's tall like me. She's she's bad. She's badass in this movie i don't think any other movie i've seen her in where i was like damn look at gina davis like there's several points in this movie where i'm just like damn that was great and it's you know i felt that way in I think a league a, of their own a lot of it had to do with but not like not like in the same way like i thought she was great in this movie that that movie and, and great in that role but she doesn't do stuff like she does in this movie true like once she like dyed her hair blonde and she was like back to her normal self, I'm like, whoa. Right. And so that just like surprising Gina Davis badass role coupled with the Shane Black script, who who he did, um trying to think of something you've seen. He's mainly known for Lethal Weapon. He did the nice guys, which you still have yet to have seen. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's he's got quippy type, you know, banter. dialogue. So that and then Samuel Jackson makes everything better. Yeah, like, he does. Everything. Generally speaking, that's true. And he I think this is one of his like most underrated roles. And let's get to it real quick. So the, their characters' names. Uh, so Samuel Jackson plays a guy named Mitch mm-hmm. with an M, as in mom. <laughs> and Samuel Jackson also has this unfortunate thing of uh, peppering bitch throughout Constantly. a lot of things he says. But when Genus Davis says his name, it sounds like she's also saying bitch. Yeah. So if you ever watch Locust Goodnight, it sounds like they're calling each other bitch throughout the movie <laughs> because Chrissy's like, oh, why does he have to say bitch all the time? I'm like, well, just listen to how she says her name. And you listen to it. You're like, oh, my God, you're right. Yeah. So they're just calling each other bitch. Well, I know I noticed it because for, you know, again, having a, a powerful female kind of feminist ish movie, like they say they yeah. use bitch a lot. And yeah. I'm like, too much bitch, guys. Take it down a notch. And then you're like, no, wait. <laughs> look at look at Gina. Um, bitch. Anyway, those three things coupled together. Um, it's it's definitely not like I think a lot of people haven't seen it, I guess. I don't really? know. Really? Why no, why'd no, you say I'm really? Su- I'm surprised. It just seems. Underrated. I'm used to being the one person who doesn't see everything. So when you say other people haven't seen it, I'm like, oh. Certain scenes stand out to you. The whole final sequence where she's trying to basically save her daughter from this. Do you want to give like the? Uh, we just read the log line. Do you want to give like the cliff notes of what it's about? So Gina Davis has amnesia and is married and has a daughter, and one day these assumed bad guys basically just come looking for her. Because, you know, they thought she was dead. And it turns out she's not dead, but she doesn't know who she is. Um, And through a somewhat unfortunate series of events, she... It's like a Lifetime movie with more action. action. Yes. She teams up with Samuel L. Jackson, who's like a low-rent private investigator. Low-rent. Like super (laughs) low-rent. Hilariously so when you first meet him in the movie. Right. There's And then I'm trying to give a total condensed version because there are plot holes. But anyway, Um, they team up and she realizes she kind of has this like she hits her head and then she has this like kind of awakening of like oh wait a minute i know who i am and i'm supposed to be blonde she's like and i also work for the cia government assassin yeah basically she's like jason Bourne, but 90s gina davis version she goes from like my mom which like yes the beginning of this movie as a kid you know as a kid 16 year old is like oh my god she has some hints of you know, she looks like a Duggar. She looks like a Duggar in the beginning tall, with like the, the dress long... and like the long Michelle Duggar hair. Yeah. Like she really does look like a Duggar. So she goes from being like Jim Bob Duggar's wife to t- it was very atomic. Charlize Theron. Yeah. Which, by the way, That's another so movie you need to see. Okay. Badass as well. Yeah. There just needs to be more movies like this now. Right. That's the with, I agree. With An updated the, version. The crunch of the middle movie, like. E- 
either everything has to be dirt cheap or Avengers. We've lost out on the yeah. uh, female-led thriller genre. Like this came out along like like I was trying to think. Maybe that's more copycat, but I was about to say like Kiss the Girls and you know all those know Ashley girls. Judd movies. I don't know Kiss the Girls. You don't know Kiss the Girls? No. Nope. How about Bone 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 Collector with Angelina Jolie? Nope. Well, just think about a bunch of movies <laughs> like this. This is a bit more action-packed, though. I'm so. thinking of like, when you say that, I'm like, The Net. I do like The Net. I love The Net. We'll get into The Net in the next movie we talk about, because there's stuff about The Net where I'm like, uh-huh. oh, The Net. I thought of The Net. Sandy B. <laughs> it's funny you say that. Sandy B. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I do like the end as well of this movie. Right. And you know what's funny to me? This this being a Shane Black movie, a Christmas movie, this is set around Christmas, so this could technically count as a Christmas movie, right? Yeah, I don't know about that. No? No, not really. Dang it, Chris. Sorry. What do you? I'm more of a purist when it comes to like. What do you side on Die Hard? Everybody wants to know. I I know this is a controversial thing. I think back in the day, you probably don't even remember the movie that we watched it. Okay, what's your thoughts? I know it's a controversial thing, and there are good cases on both sides. I. No, this, this is not a both sides argument. Well, Chrissy. there's only one side, and it's the right side. And I hope you're on it. I don't think it's a Christmas movie. <sighs> I'm sorry. Bring back in the sad couch music. This is the la- Chrissy's last podcast ever. <laughs> Do, okay, so you know why? And the same reason. That- so I divorced a, a, a movie geek. <laughs> and for the same reason that I don't think that this movie is a Christmas movie. To me, I'm a purist. A Christmas movie has Christmas thematic elements. Neither of these movies have Christmas thematic elements. They just happen to be happening around Christmas time. She saves her daughter's life. Not without her daughter. Merry on Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> no. Doesn't no? Count. Doesn't count. I don't know. If Santa showed Die up, Har- or if it were like Die Tiny Har- Tim comes in It somehow. was a Christmas party. Die Hard, it was a Christmas party. It was his wife's Christmas party. Yeah. At her office. Okay. She, he's bringing her presents. There's what do, Christmas and so, trees. And so what does this have to do? Again, again, that's just the background. What does that have to do with actual Christmas? Nothing. There was There's wh- a guy in a Santa suit with a machine gun. It's, it's all not, throughout. It's not a Christmas movie. Oh man. We have to revisit that one. Whatever. <laughs> Die Hard is more of a Christmas movie than this, than this movie. Yes, I agree. But why can't we just Christmas spread movies? the Christmas cheer throughout. Why, if it's like only 25, 30% in your eyes, a Christmas movie, you're like, not a Christmas movie. The Holiday is a Christmas movie. A bad Christmas movie. Oh, it's a good movie. No, it's not. How the Grinch Stole Christmas is a Christmas movie. I just don't understand why we can't just, uh, you know, all, the Santa get, Claus all get along. Santa Claus is a Christmas movie. And when movie. I say all, I mean Christmas movies. Elf together. is a Christmas movie. <laughs> this movie, uh, the bad guy, this movie's played by Craig Bierko who you didn't even know was from one of our favorite shows, Unreal. Yes. It didn't look anything like him to me. And you were like, it looks exactly like him. It was him minus like 75 pounds. And like 20 years, maybe 30. He's like the perfect like smarmy. He's he's really good at that, yeah. And so if you like, number one, if you haven't seen this movie and you're listening this, this far, see this movie. I don't think it's like the kind of movie you can really spoil. Other than the fact that there's a twist in the middle that we've already talked about. I'm just saying, watch the movie. Uh, He plays a smarmy guy. If you've seen Unreal, which is like the uh, a fictionalized version of The Bachelor and the production of The Bachelor. Great show. Just completed its last season, by the way. It's on Hulu now. That's worth watching. He plays like the EP of that show. Anyway. He plays Chet. He does play Chet. Uh, Who else is in this movie? Brian Cox. He's the guy who's like the guy with like the brogue who... In the middle of the movie, like says, "His who's who you are." He like picks them up. That guy? Nope. Gosh darn it, Chrissy. I'm sorry. And I was paying attention, but I don't know who been this white. is. No, well, that the, I'm all wrong. Right? The inside out people have already vacuumed up your, you know. The kids and I watched long kiss goodnight balls. When or we, whatever those things are. When we were letting you sleep in this morning, the kids and I watched Inside Out again. <laughs> Such a great movie. Let's talk about that. <laughs> Chrissy's Chrissy's memory balls are not even put on the shelf. Sometimes they just like roll into the other. 
out to. Well, do you see what happened? Sadness was touching them all, and they all <laughs> fell off the thing. So that's what happened. Life. But you enjoyed this movie, so the long kiss goodnight bulbs would not be sadness. They would be bright yellow. No, no, but the, but life like touched all my balls. <laughs> And knock them off my shelf. Don't touch Chrissy's balls, life. Seriously. Now now the core memories are all out. But <laughs> again, a, a lot of times I'm like defending a movie uh, itself, defending showing you a movie for the podcast. Yeah. That's not, that's not either of these things this time. No. I will say this, though, about this movie. Because okay. you said you loved it. I'm like, uh, okay. okay. Like, I liked it. For me, the ending made up for a lot. Like if if the ending had that last sequence hadn't gone the way it did in the last twenty thirty minutes ish, I would have liked it a lot less. I think the setup. I like the setup of it I, a lot. I also like the setup. I think the actors are great. I think the script is great. The only thing that I like like less is like the direction. Like it's very nineties. Mm, yeah. And there's a lot of like weird things like uh, like pseudo flashbacks that you're like, whoa. Yes. That's like super not going to hold up, you know, in the future. And you watch it like, okay, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. But like I said, all that other stuff kind of like carries it in my eyes. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I can, it's a perfect like B type action. True. Do you know flick, what? Do you know what I, I, flick. I, I, this is, I don't know if this is an epiphany because maybe I already with, with knew With actors this. that I enjoy. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know if this is an epiphany because I think I've already, you know, always kind of known this about myself, but. <gasps> Do you know what it is? Are you a, are you a secret cover assassin? Yes. Don't you like watch this and you're like, hmm, what if I hit my head like one of these days when I like slip down the stairs and I'm like, oh, I know Kung Fu or See, you think I that, know something secret. I think what if I fall down the stairs tomorrow like I do every day and I get a traumatic brain injury? <laughs> yeah, you're like, and, if, if I was a cover assassin. all the inside out balls <laughs> in my head get tossed around like jelly beans. <laughs> If I was a government assassin, it would have come out by now because I've really put myself to I, the I've ringer. injured myself a few times. So what I was going to say earlier is that I get annoyed with movies that don't have a character making choices that make sense to uh, relative to how they've played the character. So, for instance, in this movie, there are certain things she does where I'm like, how does that choice line up with anything that we know about you so far in the movie? Well, she does like a flip in the middle. Are you I, talking well, no, about? No, I know that. That's obvious. I'm, but here's okay. So when she becomes back to her OG self, right? Yeah, Char- she, Charlie. Yeah, Charlie. She goes thank from you. Samantha to, to Charlie. Charlie. And so when she goes to Charlie, she's uh, she's out with Sam Jackson at one point, and this is just after I think she cut her hair. And she's like talking about her her kid and everything in this very detached sort of way. And she's like, she's like, yeah, no, not, fuck that. Like, I'm going on with my who I am in my life, and I'm going to go back to kicking ass. And like, no remorse, no thought about the separate life she created with her daughter. And then, like, maybe three scenes later, she suddenly becomes not without my daughter, Sally Field. So there. That's just like a microcosmic example, but I can't stand when actors Being make choices hard. that are not congruent with anything they show you so hard. far. She just had a traumatic brain injury. Her whole past came flooding back. So she just flipped. She dyed her hair. I'm sure that had something to do with it. Um, what? I'm just kidding. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I mean, she was super horny. Like, there was a point where I, th- I, I thought, I was like, man... Gina Davis and Samuel Jackson are going to uh, get yeah. it on. I thought about that too. Um, so a lot of new things going on. I, I think just like any mom, people are trying to kill her as well. That's got to factor in. She's just like, oh, fuck the kid for now. You know, I got to be my badass self. And that again, that lasted three days. And it's just like, oh man, not without my daughter. But this is the thing. It lasted three days and there was no like cathartic moment where she's like, what was I thinking? What a terrible choice I made. I must rectify this immediately. It was just literally like flip. Like, oh, yeah. never mind. Got to get my kid. Yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> so you're saying bad mom? No, it's not that she's a bad mom. I, I'm going back to my original point of I don't like it when She actors- also did kind of like have her daughter break her arm on while ice yeah, skating. and that's then true. Not care. I just don't like when characters make choices that don't make any sense. Well, I mean, to be a devil's advocate, a lot of people I know, they uh, choose decisions that I that don't make sense in my eyes. Making a choice that's unflattering is one thing. I get that, you know, or, or an unpopular or something that makes you kind of cringe. That that's forgivable if, as long as it is sensical. But when people just like flip and uh, things like that, I'm like, come on, 
takes me out of it. Uh, Samuel Jackson being in this movie reminds me that uh, over the weekend on Twitter, there was a meme going around that uh, name a, like a phrase, an well-known phrase or, or just a phrase I saw that, yeah. from a TV show or movie that has entered your vernacular in a big way. Mm-hmm. Mine was hold on to your butts. Oh, yeah. From Jurassic Park, which is something I say a lot you when do. we're on the road. I say that to the kids, too. They're what, used to it. They hold their butts. What would be yours, Chris? Oh, God. Off the top of my head? Well, yeah, that was off the top of my head. Seriously? What was I supposed to do? I don't know. Rewind my Black Mirror recording device? <laughs> Pull my family? Let me think about it in the back of my head while we continue to talk, and we will revisit. When it comes to me, I'll light bulb you. Okay. Okay. Um, anything else about Long Kiss Goodnight? That you're the special shout out to the scene where she um she goes from uh chopping her produce to get ready for dinner yeah. in a mom type way yeah. to like doing it like a pro. super top chef style. Yeah, she does. And then and then like she's gonna take out her hand. Taking a tomato out with like a sharp knife. She's like throwing across knives the across the room. Chefs do that. Special shout out to her husband who just was like, my crazy wife. Ha 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 ha. Dude. Whatever. At the end of this movie, that guy is still with her. I know. Even though the, like, his life is probably going to be in danger. That's what for, I mean. Forever. Yeah. But and he, he seems he doesn't so seem very... laid back. And yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's like a, the. He's a. <laughs> it's probably good that he's with her because he's not like a big dude or anything. Seriously. He got knocked out in the other scene, which is also one of my favorite scenes where. The guy breaks out of prison, goes straight to her house, you know, gets in under the guise of being with some carolers. And oh, like, yeah. she basically like learns that she's like a secret assassin while she, he's beating the crap in the out process. Of her. It's crazy. It's a good scene. Totally. Anyway, like I said, I would re- recommend this movie if you haven't seen it before. Mm-hmm. It's a good, uh, breezy. I was about to look it up. Two hours. It felt longer than two, I will tell you. I don't think that it went... You said breezy, and I was like, but was it? Rennie Harlan also did uh, one of my favorite Nightmare on Elm Streets, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I look over at Chrissy because Chrissy's put, put the kibosh on uh, more Elm Streets this October. Not because it's scary, but it's just because I can't tell them apart. They're, it, to me, it's the same sort of device And she falls asleep, and it gets really meta because that <sighs> movie is about... Young people falling asleep and getting <laughs> murdered by someone. So every year we have to talk about how dangerous this is for Chrissy. He's like I, off to the side, don't the do reason, it. Here's the reason I'm bummed. Just because we're at the end. Like we only have two more. I mean, listen, done. I haven't refused. We could watch it, but I'm telling you, it's going to be the exact <gasps> same repeat of every other podcast we've ever done but about this. what if this. we do like a clockwork, uh, clockwork orange scenario and like hold open your eyes? If I could sleep sitting like a cattle up, prod, like it's nothing, going, I have a feeling I could sleep with my eyes open. Some cold like compresses then i'll just be mad i'll just be mad the whole time so how's that different than normal (laughs) tune into next week so i divorced a movie geek and we'll talk about the latest things that are happening oh budget for this is 65 million it made only 33 million at the box office interesting um rotten tomatoes has it at 68 percent chrissy okay Um, sounds about right yeah like I, I said, what would be your grade for it? I would probably give it a C plus. C plus? Yeah. Not uh, bad. I'd probably give it a straight up B. Okay. Like I said, solid B. Not amazing, but I thought it was very good. Sure. And like I said, the actors carry it in this movie. What happened to Gina Davis, by the way? She's like head of like a, some like badass like yay feminism group. Oh, good. So she's like actually her character. Let's see. Let's Google her. That I should know. The Gina Davis Institute on gender and media. Nice. Here we go. You go, Gina Davis. Yeah. She's fucking she's rocking badass. it. Yeah. So then Just you, like in Long Kiss Goodnight. Do you prefer this movie to Not Without My Daughter? Oh, Chrissy. What? Why would you even ask that question? That's I mean, so hard. I know. I mean, not without my daughter. She's so close to my heart. Like, I've told you, we've got to do... That'll be a whole episode. Oh, my God. Can we? <laughs> I'm down. 100%. I bet you it's like 99% of the people listening to this have not even seen that movie. I, what's wrong with them? 
what's wrong with you guys is right. Anyway, I'm learning about the Gina Davis Institute uh, on gender and media. If she can see it, she can be it. Hell yeah, Gina Davis. We salute you. Hell yeah, Gina Davis. And we salute the long kiss goodnight as well. Yay. Uh, let's talk about the second movie. Okay. Um, that movie, also mid-90s, 1995, is called Copycat. A criminal psychiatrist. There's a serial killer out there who strangled three women. He's going to do it again. A homicide detective. Would you work with us on this? You're kidding, right? I do not want you discussing this case with her in any shape, way, or form. It's the Boston Strangler. Are you telling me this guy's copycatting a serial killer's been dead for... 20 years. You're looking for an intelligent white male, 20 to 30 years old, socially functional. Everything's different. Different guy. He's switched from DeSalvo to Bianchi and Bono, the hillside strangler. One man is copying the most notorious killers in history, one at a time. He's sending you letters like he's daring us to nail him. If he wants to be famous, he has to be caught. I'm death and life to you, Doc. We know that Mr. Cullen was safe in San Quentin last night, so how come his book shows up under the mattress? Together, two women must stop him. The man who has killed five women in the city was just in your apartment. Before he kills again. All I know to do is change your locks, tighten up your security, and pray. Sigourney Weaver, Holly Hunter, and Harry Connick Jr. in a deadly game of cat. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. And mouse. <gasps> Copycat. 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 I just like the way you say it. The IMDb logline for Copycat is... um, Doing the movie phone voice. (laughs) Why don't you just tell me the name of the movie you want to see? (laughs) Uh, That's another thing I say to people all the time out of the blue. Yes. It's because I'm usually with people who can't make a decision. (laughs) And so I'll just try like, okay, just tell me what you... Uh, Logline is an agoraphobic psychologist and a female detective must work together to take down a serial killer who copies serial killers from the past. Copycat is directed by John Amiel, uh, written by Ann Biderman and David Madsen, stars Sigourney Weaver, Holly Hunter, Derbit Maroney, Chrissy. Yes. You'd never even heard of this movie before. No, I had heard of this movie. Oh, you had? Mm-hmm. You hadn't heard of Long Kiss Goodnight. That was the one. Correct. Okay. Uh, what do you think of Copycat? This movie was my jam. For real? Oh, for real. Ding, ding. There was no like, let me think about falling asleep during this movie. Although last night I got so tired that when you were like, should we stop watching it? Because you look like you're falling asleep, which was, you were being very nice about it. Well, because this is your jam and I, I could know. tell it. No, like, I know. I was, pu- I was like picking up what you're putting down. I'm I like, know. Because you can't fall asleep during this. this and so this I is almost. Copycat, yo. I almost told you like, no, because I just wanted to watch it so badly, but I was so tired. I'm like, no, we have to. Um, so, you know, I have a confession to make and it's going to be an unpopular confession. Uh oh. Sorry. Let me put this down. Okay. The laptop. I mean, I I got it. I can see. Okay, it. go ahead. I'm not a Sigourney Weaver fan. <gasps> <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what Chrissy, it is. What was the first movie we watched? Ghostbusters. What What is one of my favorite sci-fi? Alien <sighs> slash aliens. And aliens. The whole series. I know. I know. Hence why I said. This is an unpopular confession, and you put down the laptop to hear it. Go on. It's not that she's a bad actress. She's she's a talented actress. There's just something that's I always have found very um it's a it's a French word, I don't know how to say it in English, but antipathique about her. There's something that's just kind of like cold and very tall. <laughs> Chrissy? Yeah. You say that like you're not married to a guy that's almost 6'6". Six, six. Okay, here, I, I got it. tallest. I got it, I got Anti-patique it. Anti-patique equals tall in your eyes? Well, no, no. With you, Sigourney? No, hear me out. Here's the difference. Gina Davis is also extraordinarily statuesque, right? 
there is something warm about Gina Davis. Even when she's playing a kick-ass, not warm character, there's a warmth and um, an ingratiating quality to okay. her work. I agree with that. No matter what she's in, I have never, ever gotten that from Sigourney Weaver. No matter what her character is, I've never felt ingratiated by her. I don't root for her. I, If she were the antagonist... She it, turned into like a, a fucking... Like, dog monster and ghostbusters you didn't feel for her no that's right you didn't no still breaks my heart i know and and that's what i'm saying so like i'm just not a huge fan you did, of you her didn't work. like her in, you liked her in alien aliens you wanted her to fight those aliens right well i would have liked anybody in that role trying to fight those aliens so i'm trying to think of the movies with sigourney we've seen I, yeah now this one yeah. Well, she's not supposed to be like fucking warm, fuzzy well, that's what I'm Care Bears in this one not, as well. She doesn't need to be. I'm not asking her to be like a winsome protagonist. I'm just, I'm just saying that I, I don't like, I know what you're saying, but maybe it's just the reason that you've seen the roles you've seen her play mm-hmm. have been more, you know, standoffish or icy or stuff like that, not the flip side. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I wouldn't even want to see her play an antagonist because it's not like... I'm trying to think. (gasps) Galaxy Quest. We need to let you watch Galaxy Quest. Okay. I'm just thinking of other movies. You know what it is? I always feel like she's a permutation of the same character. Like, the doctor that she played in this movie, she could have been that character, to be honest with you, in in Alien, just with a slightly different education level. Okay. Okay. She's just always kind of the same. Well, me. I would love to spend this whole podcast defending Sigourney <laughs> Weaver's honor, uh, Sorry, glory Sigourney. of love style from Cry to Get Two, but okay. I will I'll concede your point that she she definitely is in the roles you've seen her not as like warm and fuzzy and but again warm. and I and I'm reiterating because it's important. I mean, she was badass. Yes, Ghostbusters she turned into a uh, uh, you know. Well, this is what I'm trying to say. Monster. This is important. I don't want to be misconstrued as saying like I need her to be warm, fuzzy Reese Witherspoon. That's not what I mean. I wouldn't even want to watch her as an antagonist because I feel like she's uninteresting and she, on TV. She's often, often, you know, one of the smartest people in the room in a lot of the movies you've seen her in. That's great. I mean, this one, she's, uh, you want to give the short version of copycat again. We've, I've brought this up on other pod, on other podcasts of ours. Seems like one of those ones that just like blew by a lot of people. And when people, really? Yeah. Oh. And when people That's are like, no, we've never seen it. I'm like, what? Put, stop. Stop, stop talking to it's me now. It's a really good movie. I, I always call it like the B-side to Silence of the Lambs. Like, yes. It's it's definitely not as good as Silence of the Lambs. But if you like Silence of the Lambs, you'll probably like Copycat. So I really like Copycat. I actually found Copycat probably more enjoyable than Silence of the Lambs. Oh, shut your mouth. Silence of the Lambs is a better you, movie. You We started by saying you love this, and then you started bashing Sigourney Weaver, and now Hold you're going to bash Silence of the Lambs, no, I'm too. No, I didn't bash anything. I said Silence of the Lambs is a Better movie, objectively better movie. Subjectively, this is like a, oh shit, okay. oh shit, so, popcorn so movie. Start ticking off why you like Copycat uh, more than Silence of the Lambs. So I like to be honest with you, I like movies that deal with serial killers, and you know, so I like Zodiac. <laughs> what Nazis? Yeah, I do. <laughs> so, so this the most famous serial killers of all. So this is you know kind of my jam already, just by the subject matter. Um, I I hate horror, but I really like thrillers. So I don't mind being scared or on the edge of my seat if it, it services the plot in a, in a cerebral way, that but and and not in a you know horror blood gut sort of way. So this also services that need for me. Um, Holly Hunter, I love. I feel the exact opposite about Sigourney Weaver that I do to Holly Hunter. I find her, no matter what role she's in, whether she's like a warm, fuzzy type or a non-warm, fuzzy type, I find her sympathetic and warm and ingratiating. So she's always a pleasure to watch on screen. Huge, huge into Holly Hunter as a kid. Yeah, she's great. One of, one of my early crushes. Remember I took you to go see Raising Arizona? Yes. When we were first dating at the New Beverly? I remember that. And you fell asleep? I was so tired. <laughs> I was. It was one of those things. It's a midnight like, showing, okay, by the way. This is like this might be the love of my life. This woman might be the love of my life. This is a movie that's being shown at the New Beverly. It's being uh, presented by Edgar Wright, one of my favorite directors, like young up and coming directors. Like this is this is kismet. If I take her to this movie, and she loves it. It's meant to be. So halfway through it, Chris is like, <laughs> again, it was a midnight showing, and Justin's like, we have to go watch this. Double feature 
Oh, we didn't go. We didn't go. To this. We we texted out after the first movie. I know. You know what the double feature movie, the, the second movie was, though? Uh, the one with what's-his-face, Nick Cage. Nope. Evil Dead 2. It was... No, because we also saw... What's the movie with Nick Cage we saw there? Because you can actually Google this, guys. You can play at home. Just Google Edgar Wright, New Beverly, Raising Arizona, and there's like a picture of him in front of the matinee, like the 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 light with the, the titles and stuff but we died two of my favorite movies back to copycat <laughs> copycat go ahead this was the type of movie that had me wanting to google the entire time when they'd be she'd be referencing you know what so-and-so did old killers right and i'd be like i i don't know what they did like i kind of want to know now and, and but i stopped myself because I, I wanted to stay in it and then instead of googling you know what i really wanted to do i wanted to borrow sigourney weaver's computer circa 1994 1995 the net right this whole movie like is like the net with its 90s computers i know also the killer the copycat killer in this movie yeah he like makes like memes and stuff and sends them to people i know i was he's like really into like photoshop he really was putting faces on other people's faces photoshop right uh once we got to that part i was like oh chrissy's in now she loves memes and putting faces on other faces i was down what um what's the actor's name? All right. So I'm like looking on the page right now because <laughs> so the only other thing I've ever seen this actor in like where I recognize that's who he is. Okay, the actor's name is William McNamara. And like in this movie he's just like a, a I mean at one point she calls him out for what he is like a yeah. smarmy copycat yeah, second impotent. rate yeah she it, it was great that monologue was great there's just not really anything like dynamic about him at all this is not one of the movies where like everything around the killer is like kind of blah and once you get the killer you're like oh I want, to, I want it to be all about him and like right no no this movie is uh another- junior is more interesting <laughs> Huh? Harry Connick Jr. was more interesting. I'm surprised you didn't bring him up first thing. Like Chrissy, <laughs> if anyone's ever heard the podcast, one of her favorite movies of all time. Top five, right? Yeah. Independence Day. Mm-hmm. And a big part of that is her love of Harry Connick Jr. in that movie. Right? No, actually. Not a big part of it, but yes, I do. But you like I, Harry Connick Jr. I do enjoy me some Harry Connick okay, Jr. Okay, so in this movie, he is not. No. He's a whole different kind of Harry Connick oh, Jr. Oh, boy. <laughs> He's like Simple Jack. <laughs> Serial killer Simple Jack stopped by Copycat for the beginning and then like the penultimate scenes. Uh, he's definitely... Actually, the final scene too. I was trying to... See, I wonder where he's from. What, Simple Jack? No, not Simple Jack. He played, <laughs> his character's name is Daryl Lee Cullum. Daryl Lee Cullum. Daryly, he's got like a chip tooth and stuff. No, we had two. They were facing opposite directions. He is in the movie for what ten minutes, but every time he's on the outside, like he he's in the, like the beginning of the movie to like set everything up, mm-hmm. and that's really creepy and weird. Yeah. And then halfway the movie, I love like one of my favorite. They call him on like Skype. Yeah, nineteen ninety four version of Skype, right? I love that scene. That was great. I love that scene because <laughs> he's like obsessed with Sigourney Weaver. I mean, he almost killed her, yeah. but he's obsessed with Sigourney Weaver's character, who is a uh, criminal psychologist. Yeah, and he's just like so happy that he that she's calling him and like tries to like get uh, underwear he's underwear. He's like from him panties. You wear those, and then I'm like, oh my god. Here's the thing, and then How- you see him at the end, and then the twist comes out at the end. You're like. Oh. <gasps> Oh. How chill was she the whole time, by the way, during that phone call? Like, this guy tried to kill her. And she's just like, sure, man, whatever. Okay, get you some Mondays. Because at that point, she was on board and like, I mean, to to help out right. Holly Hunter's character. It was so interesting, though, to, to hear them have like a and casual involved, conversation. And it involved her nice computers, which she's all about. Yeah. Like, here's, here's, here's the straight up truth. If I ever become agoraphobic, I want my house to be like a beautiful, rich like super nice house looking over the San Francisco Bay, like with a view, please. But if you're agoraphobic, don't you not want the outside because it makes you uh, like dizzy and scared? No, I'm not going outside. I'm just looking outside. Oh. Like I want the view. Like I don't want to be in a basement, right? I don't know. I don't know how agoraphobia really, I mean, how it works. You just don't don't leave the house. That's what agoraphobia is, right? Yeah, but usually it's because there's a deep-seated anxiety or fear. I'm saying, what does it have to do with where my house is? Because if you're looking 
like you have this big expansive view, I would imagine that that's anxiety provoking. But what if it's the ocean or like the San Francisco Bay and like just looking at the water minimizes my anxiety? Stop cool. taking away my dream, I, Chrissy. Dude, I didn't take so anything away. If you could be in a, if you want to be an agoraphobic and like live in the bottom of like a a bombed out silo or something, <laughs> what? like boring ass, why, nothing out the why windows. Why is it that it's like you know glass house or the bottom <laughs> of a silo? No well, in between. Well, where would you where would you have your agoraphobia house? If I were agoraphobic, I would probably, I, I would imagine anyway, live in an apartment or something because then I, there would be other people that kind of comforting to know you're never alone, but like you don't have to go out. You know, if you walk out of your front door, it's an interior hallway. But then you have the problem of like, what if those other people screw up your bubble that you've set up for yourself? That's true. That could be a problem. You know? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Either I'd be like, oh, I'm at, like at this... That's like a multi-million dollar home, she said. Oh, yeah. So it's either that or I'm out in like the like the woods of Canada, you know, set apart from everyone. See, that just sounds creepy to me. That's just setting yourself up to get murdered? Basically. By Tusk. By Tusk. Oh, God. Your favorite movie. <laughs> um, I think, I think Sigourney Weaver and Holly Hunter are great in this movie. They do serve as good foils to each other. Um, I think they're so great that I don't really care about any of the other male characters other than Harry Connick Jr. and the killer for like a couple seconds. Yeah, for a few minutes. Like everything else, like Dermot Maroney, like he's a good looking guy, yeah. but his character really does nothing for me. True. And the, and like his, but I was sad the, when he got the it. The fact that he, the way that he leaves this movie is so like random and has nothing to do with the plot other than like makes Holly Hunter sad and change her her outlook on being a cop is that like instead of trying to shoot their arm and, and get their gun that out of them, I'll just like murder them to death. You know, murder, 90s murder them to death. No, she like shoots spoiler alert. Anyway. Yeah. But she tries for the arm first. She gets the arm. Just him, his character, the other guy with like the balding, like Will Patton. Like I yeah. just like none of that. This movie again was over two hours and they could have cut all twenty minutes out of it and would have been great. Super great. This see this flew by for me, whereas last no long kiss goodnight did not. Mm-hmm. This one did. Yeah, yeah. At one point, I didn't even paused it because I had to use the restroom, and I was like, "How much longer do I have?" And I was like disappointed that it was only an hour left. I'm like, only an hour, man. You know, I wanted it actually to I don't know be longer. We've talked about this before, but do you, are you a Dermot Maroney fan? Yes, or, or a Dylan McDermott fan. <laughs> Um, the former Dermot Maroney. Yeah, because of my best my best wedding. friend's wedding. Okay, I love that movie. What girl doesn't though? Some Such a great movie. movie what else did you like about this movie? Well, so we we like the or I like both Sigourney Weaver and Holly Hunter. You like Holly Hunter. Yeah. You kind of like Harry Connick Jr. Yeah. You like the thriller. Like, I like Beauvoir going yes, on. Yes, I do. It ticks. It basically killer. it just ticks all the boxes for me, you know. And the there's kind of like this rhythm to the movie where it's it's a slow burn towards the final climax, but with plenty of you know crests throughout. Yes, that so. It's just it's nineties computer crest through throughout. <laughs> I'm like making wave motions with my hands, um, but. I mean, were you not on the edge of your seat for that last sequence? I became like those women in the movie theater who are like, oh, no, don't go upstairs. No, what are you doing? Ah!" Like yelling at the television. I I think it definitely the movie gets better because that the last like 30, 20 minutes, because not not only is that the last sequence very good, but the whole setup for her being an agoraphobic yeah. And a serial killer being obsessed with it her. It finally went somewhere. Finally went somewhere. And you're like, oh, like I remember seeing this theory. I'm like, oh, this is where this is going. Oh, yeah. shit. Like yeah. it's it's going down. So that's what I'm saying. The last 30 minutes of, right. of all that is just, I thought it was great. Yeah. And and like I said, Holly Hunter, she another strong female, seems very smart, good at her job. Mm-hmm. Um, Sigourney Weaver, an, you know, an expert in this field. 
So putting them together and having them work together, I was just like, yes, this is great. I mean this shit up. Great. But you know what killed me about that? And I'm not trying to slide against Sigourney again. But although if you notice, since like Sigourney is like two feet taller than her, yes. most of their scenes together, they're sitting. Yeah. So that's true. But I thought I was like, so wait a minute. This is supposed to be a partnership, a symbiotic relationship, you know, where Holly Hunter basically like defends her and makes sure she doesn't come to any harm and she gives them in- information and intelligence. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how well it holds up now, like 2018. We have Google. We don't need this woman to sit there and she, because she didn't give any clinical insight, psychologically speaking, to like why Dahmer did what he did or, you know, or any of the, of the past killers. She just like very briefly became Encyclopedia Brown for a minute and was like, oh, well, he killed his victims this way. This guy killed his victims that way. I bet you next he's going to do that. Like, this is nothing that we couldn't solve without Google now. So she didn't really service them in any way. Really, she didn't, other than to be uh, an object of... Uh, um, information. Yeah, no, an object of Well, the of guy was a copycat killer, so killer. They, they had the information that they needed. Instead of going to the microfiche... <laughs> this movie would have been two and a half hours if Sigourney Weaver's character didn't exist because it'd be Holly Hunter and Dermot Roney running to the microfiche at the local library like I would oh, still watch that oh, movie another serial killer we forgot about let's can you make copies of the microfiche let's print out how many are how much is microfiche copies oh my god anybody got some change they have to cut all that stuff out to make this work time wise <laughs> They were like, this is just your Sigourney Weaver <laughs> vendetta going further. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even need her now. Google's replaced her. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I'm like, we still need Holly Hunter to like save her ass. Who, knew, who needs this agoraphobic like asshole when we got Google? <laughs> <I mean. laughs> oh my God. Even better. You could bring along your fucking Alexa ring. <laughs> hey, Alexa. <laughs> Fuck you, Alexa. We're downstairs. You can't even hear me. Uh, Alexa is more sympathetic than like, Sigourney Weaver. Like, how long are we until an Alexa, like, mystery thriller movie? Like, Alexa helps. Unsolved Mysteries. Alexa, Alexa <laughs> helps Chrissy solve all what these was, mysteries. What was the name of the host from Unsolved Mysteries back in the day? Wasn't it Robert Stack? Yes. Yeah. Maybe it'll be like, she'll be like the new Robert Stack, where she's like, you're watching Unsolved Mysteries. I'm your host, Alexa. As if the as as if AI and the robots haven't already taken over. They're now taking over <laughs> our Unsolved Mysteries reboot. She solves dun, it. Dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, it's 30 seconds long. I figured it out since they turned me on, you know, 30 <laughs> seconds ago. Episode over. What if she solves like 300 <laughs> mysteries an episode? She just does them very fast. But you really don't understand because there's no like context of what she's talking about. <laughs> I would watch that. She's got a lot of stenographers like outside the camera, like, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> God, she solved another 300 mysteries. Thanks, oh, Alexa. That'd be great. But could she, she could she solve the copycat murders? I don't no, know. only Google and Sigourney <laughs> Weaver cares. Sigourney <laughs> Weaver's character can do that. I don't get this, Chrissy. What? I don't get this hate. It's not hate. Just tell me, she, just because she's tall and no, smart. Tell me what she did for the police to, other than invite him, like basically to come get her. Uh, she was knowledgeable about all these serial killers. She was the connection to Harry Connick Jr.'s character, right? To get the information they got from him. True. She had to give up her underwear to do that. She didn't give it up. He was still asking for it in the end. Well, she said she was going to give it up. Yeah, but she didn't. But. She said she was. So that's how they got the information. I'm just saying, Chris, she did a lot. Yeah. And she also had agoraphobia. That's hard. I know. Did you see that time she like went to the hall and she like passed out? Yeah. That was hard for her. She also had ants in her bed. It gets nowhere safe. Her assistant got murdered. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. Like, she like think about what af- after this movie. Copycat 2, she's even bigger fucking mess. I wanted to see Wait, that. There's a sequel? No. And oh. that's why I'm really disappointed. Oh man. Because I like this movie. The the budget was twenty million, but it only grows thirty two million. Oh man. That's what I'm saying. That's a shame. Everybody needs to see copycat. Reboot. That's what I'm reboot. Reboot. You could definitely do a reboot. You totally could do a reboot. Why hasn't Netflix rebooted Copycat? Do you know what I would like to see? I would like to see it stretched out into a series. 
Yes. That would be great. Oh, my God. Okay, let's cast that now. <laughs> you want to guess the Rotten Tomatoes for this? Uh, 72. 76. You're oh, close. Thanks. All right. Copycat Netflix series. Got to go with... Um, oh, are we casting? Yeah. Okay. Gina Davis in the Sigourney Weaver role. <laughs> oh, my God. No, who would you put there? In Sigourney's spot? Yeah. Um, She's a criminal psychologist. Yeah. Who, in the first episode, has this traumatic incident. This this guy almost murders her. Turns into an agoraphobe for the rest of the series, perhaps. I don't know. We'll have to you know, reconvene after season one. Right. But... Later in season, in, in episode one, she's confined to a house, probably in an apartment, like you said, oh, <laughs> boy. with a bunch of people so she feels safe. <laughs> Who's this actress? Um, Jane Lynch. No. Can Jane Lynch do drama? Yes, but oh, I wouldn't want how her. How about, Whatchamacallit, um, from uh, Mom, the show Mom, and... Oh, she'd be good. What's her name? Um, oh, shoot. Damn it. Not, it's not... Oh. What's her name? And I love her. Me what, too. What, she was also in I, Tonya. Guys, why is my brain broken? I don't know. Mine's broken why is too. Your, why is your brain broken? That's what I'm saying. Maybe we've been mold poisoned. Allison Janney. Thank Damn you. It. She would be good, right? Yes, that see that's a good choice because it she's still kind of got that hard okay. quality okay. to her. Copyca- oh, but I'm Allison Janney. Yeah. Okay, who's in the Holly Hunter role? Jen Garner? Jen Garner. Hmm. Hmm. Perhaps. Maybe. They're both really tall. That breaks up that Jen Garner's tall? Yeah, isn't she tall? No, I don't think so. Okay. I love Jen Garner. She's got the new movie Peppermint out that people say is not very good, though. Oh, that's a shame. I could see that. I, I she reminds fun, she's Holly Hunter s. Fun fact: When I first started out in Hollywood, hmm. one of my first jobs involved flying to Jen Garner's hometown hmm. in West Virginia, yeah, and talking to a lot of people she grew up with and knew. Oh, that's fun. Um, but but all accounts from that that visit and everything I know about her since people working with her, she seems to be like. Sunshine uh, Incarnate. That's cool. So, Allison Janney and Jen Garner. That's an interesting matchup. Hmm. I almost wonder if that would take on a mother-daughter feel. So, those are the two major roles, right? Sure. So, the whole series is like... I'm like, yeah, is, whatever. Is season one like this movie? And then, like, after that, there's more... No. No? Season one is like isolating the different murders he commits because he converts a lot of murders leading up to the pen. Yeah, it goes got pretty fast. Yeah. yeah. So like, you know, the first one is just like the everything that happens with Sigourney at the um at the lecture. And then Bush, by the way, as a guy, and I mentioned this while we were watching this, mm-hmm. watching it, so Sigourney Weaver's character is giving a speech at a college. Yeah. As a criminal psychologist. And within the speech she says Okay, guys. <laughs> okay, fellas. All the guys stand up. Oh, boy. And like yep. she, like, one by, not one by one, but like group by group has them sit down till the end. She's like, all right, all the guys stand up. They could be serial killers, everyone. Wasn't it like statistically one in six of you could be <laughs> and I'd a serial be like, killer? Sit down. I'm sitting down right now. No. Like <laughs> yeah. she really like serial killer shames them. Like yeah. you could be serial killers. Most serial killers look just like you. And all the guys are like on this big screen, like, uh. uh. <laughs> and you'd be the tallest one, so you'd be like shrinking slowly in the background. Always, because I'm like two feet above everyone else. So like, yeah. why is he standing on someone's shoulders? No, I'm just really tall. Do you know who could play Dermot? Dermot? <laughs> Whatever. Dermot Maroney. <laughs> you love him so much, you can't even say his name. It freaks me out that I'm going to call him the other one. I mean, true, true to facts, he doesn't last that many episodes i guess i i don't know why but i feel like this could be mark paul gosselier's i was about to say dylan mcdermott really needs to work (laughs) we could just shuffle him in that mark paul gossler is he in a show right now uh how many shows has he been in i don't know i don't know by the way guys i went to saved by the max recently which is the pop-up restaurant here in la that looks just like the max from saved by the bell yep 
um, there for a temporary time only, and it was amazing. Overpriced, but amazing. I'm glad you got to go. Chrissy didn't get to go. I'm sorry, Chrissy. It's cool. I forfeit my tickets so Justin could go. Sickness adjusted. Although, I was like, do you want to go? Chrissy's like, no. You work right near there. You're the best one for this. So, (laughs) for the record, I didn't say- Thank you, Chrissy. No. He's like, you go. And I was like, well, I can't get there till later. Why don't you go? It was very gift of the magi. I'm like, here, you go. You have the this food gift. wasn't the food wasn't that good, but I appreciate you letting me go. You're welcome. I got to sit at Mr. Belding's desk. Yes, you did. Uh, Jennifer Garner, Allison Janney. I feel like we need to revisit Mark Paul Gosler. You need to revisit it. Do, oh, oh, oh! Because you know, because I, th- well, I think Allison Janney might be. I don't know, not too old, but do you know who, who else might be good who's in this Harry part? Harry Junior. Wait, hold on. I'm going back to the um, Sigourney Weaver role. Yeah. What's her face from Desperate Housewives? Terry um, Garner? No. Ter- what? Terry. No, not Terry Hatcher. Terry Hatcher? Um, What's her face? She played Brie Vandekamp. The redhead. Redhead? Yeah. What is her name? I don't know. <laughs> For what role? Sigourney. What? No. Over Allison Janney? No. Did she just win an Oscar? Yes. So you're switching out our Oscar winner in our big Netflix series for... Random red-haired chick from Desperate Housewives. Did you can't even remember her name. <laughs> okay. This is why you're not a working casting in Hollywood. Oh, see. Okay. Uh, last one. Who plays Harry Connick Jr. role? Um. Paul Giamatti. What? I keep putting him in all the the roles. The hell? What? It's got to be something like you don't expect, like Zac Efron. Harry Connick Jr. Zach Efron. <laughs> that would be great. Yikes. <laughs> you would never see that coming. Oh, I've been enjoying his singing on the Greatest Showman soundtrack. I know. Like like we, we thought, like, we'll probably never see that movie again, but we will listen to the soundtrack. Soundtrack, and the kids are so into it. Wow. So, Copycat, this was like a big success for you, huh? Yeah, definitely. Would you recommend this for to other people? Yes, and over the other movie. Over the well, yeah. I mean, you just cast a whole <laughs> Netflix series about it. I don't love our casting. I need to revisit. Did you it. like how it ended? So the ending was interesting because he writes this letter, still asking for his underwear. Right, Harry Connick does. Yeah, and then he Are like you, you're not going to give away. The, don't give away the ending. I just asked if you liked it. No, actually, well, that was going to be my something. Huh, I'm not trying to give it away. I didn't totally understand it, which is why I, I need to talk about it and ask you. What happened? Uh, well, spoiler warning for really old movies, guys. Okay. Uh, it ends up being that he was behind all this. Like he, like coached the guy to like try to kill her and stuff. Because he's he. He was like Machiavellian, like behind bars, and so he was writing a letter to a new guy, a new serial killer, to go after Sigourney Weaver. Oh. And that's why I was like so excited for a sequel. I'm like, oh. Wow, he's oh. like he, he, you know, he's like, oh, I love you, like see me anywhere, but he also is like, I want you dead. Holy shit! You just watched this. No, I know. Did you not understand that? Not the last part. I thought that he was just writing a letter to her, being like, I would like to have some panties, please. Like <laughs> <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I should have tried writing those letters when I was younger. I wonder if those would work. <laughs> I would like to try some panties, please. <laughs> Exclamation point. <laughs> smiley face, smiley face clown with a hat. Do you know what's funny though? Like I it I knew even then that there had to be more to what was going on because the way he licks the envelope at the end, I'm like, ew. And then I'm like, wait, there's the camera's like really closed in on him and they're hanging out. Like, what did I miss? Was there something else? Apparently, he like watched like weeks of documentaries on serial killers to get ready for this role. So I just like Yikes. imagine him doing that. He looked like and it. And then he was in this movie for like 10 minutes or something. He had like a Richard Ramirez look to him. Yeah, greasy. Ooh, gross. Could have been in a sequel, Copycat 2. Yeah. But now it's going to be a Netflix series, guys. Yep. Get on board. Mm-hmm. What would be your final grade? A. A? Yeah. Whoa! It's really good. Well, it's like when the last time we did a A for you, I probably Sigourney say, Weaver puts it in the A. I probably minus. say a B plus for me. Okay. So, I think these make a great double feature. Myself, 
Like yeah. I, like Chrissy, I like Copycat a little bit more than Long Kiss Goodnight, but you know, good female leads, nice action, moves well. Yes. Good scripts, good concepts. I think they work. Like I said, underrated in the, in the 90s. Oh, for sure. So, yay. Got this yay. like the most successful episode ever. Well, ever. What was your your A and a what? A B what? What were your final grades? Uh, the Long Kiss Goodnight was a C plus for me. Oh, I thought you got a B. No. A and C plus. That's still not bad. Yeah. This was like an A, A minus for me. Okay. Well, you know why that's great, Chris? Why? Because you know what's coming up next month? Like, we got three episodes of movies coming up. Oh, no. It's October. For October. Your favorite month. Great. All horror movies. Oh. All the time. So we got those. We got two horror fantasy movie drafts coming up that are very exciting. Um, my dad's coming in town. He might join us for one of those things. True. Um, I love October, guys. So I'm so happy. Cool. Look at you. So is it yay or nay on Elm Street? I go other way. We can give it a, oh, you're off. Or we can just... I feel like the shrug emoji over Forged here. Forced through. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like I so decisive. I no, it's not that I'm indecisive. It's that I'm. You don't care. Yeah, and it, so it's not going to be like an amazing podcast because I'm just going to be like I'm going to be the same shrug emoji afterward that you I am right like, now. <laughs> it's and then, and then Freddy. Krueger it's like Rohypnol you. that movie. Well, before people fall asleep at home, Chrissy, where can they find our podcast? Uh, online, social media, etc. Wherever you find great podcasts, namely... Ooh, tell us more, Chrissy. <laughs> namely, uh, Apple Podcasts, where we would also love to receive your reviews, should you be so kind to leave us one. Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. Uh, on social media, you'll find us on Twitter, Facebook, and the other one, Instagram, all at MovieGeekCast. Um, we're also part of the Podfix Network. Yes. Go to PodfixNetwork.com and find us and a ton of other awesome podcasts, mm-hmm. including the recently newly inducted Two Girls on a Bench, Chrissy. Only the best podcast, two, including t- you, two, two Girls on a Bench. T- two ladies from, I think, Thousand Oaks. Yep. Have to hook up with them. Canejo. Talk about some LA stuff. Um, yeah, very exciting. Yes. Chrissy, this was a pleasure tonight. Thank you. You Thank too. Thank you for talking movies with me. You're always welcome. Thank you for having me on the couch that shall no oh, longer see the light of day in a few so days. Sad. It's womp been good. Womp. It's been good. Might be junk now, but it's been very important to us. So true. Important to the podcast. Next week on the podcast, huge one. Our 80s tournament continues, Chrissy, with the year 1982. Ooh. A huge year in film for me, for other movie geeks alike. Um, and we're going to have two vets, two newbies, drafting it out uh, for... for uh, It's going to be fun. Godspeed, movie geeks. Godspeed, movie geeks. Um, and for the rest of you guys listening at home, thank you so much for listening. We do really appreciate it. Uh, if you love us, tell a friend, leave a rating or review. Other than that, Chrissy, you want to take us out? Peace. Peace, guys. <laughs>